I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going. Stay not safe. Before you cross me, look both ways. Leaving the scene with no trace. Not in my lead. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm outer space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going. State to state. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy, George Wakai, back here in the Straight Talk Studios. Now, this is close to the end of September when this bad boy is going to drop, and I got somebody special. I got somebody who loves to bust my chops every time he sees me at a show, somebody who loves to tell me that I only put people on my show when I'm involved in the show that they're in, which is not true, but please help me welcome the Bone Crusher, Steve Brown, to Straight Talk Wrestling. Finally, 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 finally. <laughs> so let's let's talk about how this came to fruition because you were always on one of my bucket lists and just every time i would set up okay i'm gonna message steve something else would trickle down the pipeline and it wasn't that you're pushed to the side it's just life got in the way this and that and i tried to explain that at the show but you made me feel this big when you're like hey george how come you don't put nsw on your podcast and i was like what i love nsw man come on i i, I get it too though like we're in Hamilton. Hamilton's not really your area. Yeah. You know? That's so true. I get it, but you get it. But I still I still every time I can, I had Del Bruno on the show bigging up the awesome match that you booked with Alex Shelley, which I did catch clips of and stuff like that, which is a phenomenal match. And I guess that's my first question is um being in the business for 20 years, you've built up relationships and you've got a great rapport and you're a fantastic person both in and out of the ring. In the ring, you're an absolute behemoth. You smash dudes around like a motherfucker, but outside the ring, you're one of the nicest dudes on the planet, and I'll say that. I hope that doesn't. I'm not breaking Uh-oh. kayfabe, am I? Am yeah, I don't kayfabe? don't let everybody don't let everyone know I'm actually a nice guy. Okay, I'm fucking it all up. Then I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but uh, 20 years developing relationships, and then NSW on top of that as well, plus having your own great in ring career here in the Indies in Ontario. Uh, getting somebody like Alex Shelley, a dream match for Del Bruno. As a promoter and a booker, but also somebody who's been a fan of this business and in this business for 20 plus years and a fan for longer than that. I mean, to see one of your friends get their dream matches, get a tip of the hat for somebody that they've been wanting to face forever and had opportunities, but then COVID fucked it up, this and that. What was that like for you to call Del Bruno after you got off the phone with Shelly and you booked it and you called him and said, guess what? It's happening. Well, uh, I always kind of would say it to him, like, I'm going to. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to book you versus Shelly. And he'd always be like, ah, you know? And then I think at first, uh, he didn't really, he thought I was kind of messing with him, I think. But, uh, as it got closer and closer and I would like, what I would do is like, every time I'd like, uh, we'd have like, a like I, everything without Shelly was through email. And every time we'd like uh, do a little exchange and it was something like super like every first of all, every dealing I had with them was super positive. But when it was something really, really good, I just screen cap it, send it to Del Bruno and like his classic line, like especially to me and O'Shea is always like if we tell him something and he just goes, no. And like he would respond back with like a like no and all these like uh, it, it was it was awesome. But uh, I, I have to admit when I saw that Crossbody did it, they announced it. I was so like, oh, man. 
Like that was like not only just a dream match for him, like it was a dream match that I wanted to put together. You know, like they always say don't make meet your heroes and stuff like that. But it's kind of different in wrestling, you know? And if you like have someone that's like your idol and is your favorite wrestler and he can still go, and there's a possibility that you guys can still like be in the ring together, you know? Like somebody to see someone's coming up and they love Andre the Giant, they never are gonna have an opportunity to wrestle Andre the Giant. You know what I mean? So like like with Shelly, like he came back like about a year ago, like full time, and like it was going super strong. And it was just, it was what would they say? Uh, all the stars were in alignment, you know, and it just worked out perfectly. And I just so happy I was able to do it for him. And uh, yeah, just it was it was a great moment. It was a great show. The the atmosphere was off the charts plus hacker was there it was just the perfect night absolutely absolutely let's talk about hackers so a lot of people who don't know scotty o'shea the hacker uh had some unfortunate uh bad luck tail end of uh last year or uh i guess mid last year had a brain aneurysm i believe that yeah. ruptured and uh caused one of the ogs in ontario indies one of the guys who is so well-versed and known in the wrestling scene out here as one of the greatest performers in the ring and one of the uh, most humblest yet locker room leaders in every locker room that he's in. People just look up to him because he is that kind of a guy. Uh, unfortunate that he had that. and um, But from what I've seen and what I read, he's bouncing back and he's getting his stuff together. And hopefully there's an in-ring return, you know, down the pipe, you know, yeah. not, 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 you know, right now, but in the distant future. If yeah. He, if he feels that spark, and that's the thing, you never really lose the spark, right? How many people step outside the yeah. ring and they always want to go? I just, I got to go out one more. Look at Edge came back just to go out on his terms. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So having having a, a hacker there definitely a positive. But you know, the Ontario indie scene came together. GoFundMe pages started. People just gave so much, and there was that great calendar that all of you guys put out with shooting the indies. Uh, shout out to Jeffrey Cole there for yeah. getting that product together. $40. I have the calendar. Uh, actually, uh, I, I'm not sure which. I got to take it off the wall. Which month are you, Steve? Did I pass I, you already? I, I'm the shortest month. I'm uh, February oh. by request. <laughs> Why was that the request? Why 28 days, bro? Come on. No oh, one wants, Nobody wants, no one wants this out. mug on their, on their wall for <laughs> longer than 28 days. <laughs> right on. But it was great. Uh, the charity work that was done uh, for him and everything like that. And, you know, when you got the news, because I know you and Hacker are really, really close, um, when you got the news that everything had happened, what was running through your head, knowing that one of your friends was kind of uh, fighting that fight for his life? Uh, I literally, I woke up and came out, checked my phone, and there was a message from his wife. Uh, we, had, we had like a group chat there. She messaged as him in the group chat. And I literally was looking at my phone, just going, fuck, fuck. Like I was in shock. Like it was just like, it didn't like hit me. And then when Michelle woke up, I went and I told her and I read it out loud. That hit me. And it was just like, can't you say like being gutted? It was just, you know, 
one thing I, I say that I realized when I wasn't able to talk to him and that like, I think he was my therapist. Like <laughs> I could tell him everything, you know, he would tell me I'm an idiot. He would have great advice. It was just, it was such a hard thing to read. And then, um, see, I don't want to come see, I want to be an asshole, but I feel like a lot of people just kind of latched onto it that didn't even really know him. And that was kind of annoying. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just like, you know, I don't know. I, I can't even put that into words, but at the time, I think it kind of made me mad. But now after, you know, like everybody, you know, stepped up and it, it all ended up being all good. But just there was a moment where like, I don't know if I was just like so upset about it that things were making me mad. But yeah. But now like he's not, uh, you know, he's pretty much like him. Like, you talk to him. I, I sorry to say that I haven't seen him in a, in a few weeks, maybe about a month. And I really need to go see him. But, uh, just, you know, when you see those posts online, like, uh, last week, he's like on the toilet reading a, a playboy. It's like, that's, that's so him, you know? And you like, I just can see him being like, he's saying to his wife, yeah, I got an idea for a picture, <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> And then, like, the same day, there's him, like, weed-whacking, but he's, like, sitting in his wheelchair. <laughs> he's, like, paying his room and board. Like, that's just him. It's it's awesome. And, you know, locker rooms have not been the same without him. I could definitely say that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could see that. And I had a chance to get him on the show uh, very, very early on in the days of straight talk and actually had plans to get him back. And then the unfortunate news broke out. I kind of stayed away. I mean, I donated to the GoFundMe pages. I helped where I could. And um, but again, it wasn't something that's in my inner circle. So I'm not just going to you know, be one of those people that when he gets out of everything and he's getting back into recovery mode, I'm not gonna be like, hey, now's the perfect time to talk about all your things, because that just that just makes yeah. you seem like a makes you seem like a piece of shit. I'll be honest. There are some some podcasters out there who probably reached out to him right away and were like, hey, man, I'd love to get you back on the show. And it's like, yeah, that that jerk Emmanuel Mello. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you said I'd say nothing. I didn't say nothing. No, uh, Mello, Mello's family. Though. Like, yeah, Mello's no Mello for sure. If, if it, it was, was going to be great article. Yeah, it was it was great. And the podcast was just really funny. Like just listening to him again. Like I can't tell you like when he uh, when he was in the coma, like I would listen to so many episodes of wrestling with myself. And it was usually episodes where he was by himself and just listening like to him. I'd be like driving. I'd get like teary eyed and stuff. Like, cause at the time, like I just wanted to talk to my friend, you know? And it's like, and like I said, now I feel bad. Like I was having car issues, you know, I know wrestlers, you know, we're millionaires, you know, we shouldn't have car issues, but like, now those are like behind me and I, I'm like thinking like next week I'm going to go see him. I'm just going to surprise him. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel bad at the same time. He can't remember anyways. So. <laughs> I'm kidding. 
<laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he knows that in in his heart. Uh, there's a bone crusher inside there, and you're always uh, yeah. you always got to get each other's backs. And let's talk about something else that you're into. You mentioned with the mini host horror movies, uh, Sunset Crypt. I know you're uh, deeply involved in that as well. Uh, so was Hacker and uh, Jeff T. Smith, aka Jungle Boys Bromance, uh, yeah, well, as I call it. He I'd say Jungle Boy Stalker, but you know. yeah. I, again, I didn't want to say <laughs> no, you said it. You said it. No, but uh, Jeff's a great guy. Uh, Jeff and I, our personalities don't exactly mesh all the time, but Jeff is a great guy. Uh, no, yeah. I'm I'm a bit of an asshole, and he's uh, he's also a bit of an asshole. But sometimes I guess my assholeness gets above me. No, he's he is way more than a bit of an asshole. But yeah, it's one it. of those things, you know, like, it's like, yeah, that, he, that guy's an asshole, but he's my asshole. So okay. it's, right. it's okay. But yeah, no. Quoting huh. Triple H, I like it. Yeah, that, that wrestler's yeah, mine, but he's my that, asshole. Yeah. You know what? I've used that line twice since I listened to that interview. Yeah. And, and, it was just a, right now? Yeah. It was, it was a great, it was a great uh, analogy. I was like, yeah, that's really yeah. how stuff is. Yeah. So, so Jeff, Jeff is your asshole. <laughs> no comment no but comment, no. no he he it's funny he has this like uh aura about him you know where a lot of people don't know how to take him and to me he's just my nerdy friend jeff that i talk about horror movies and action figures with and you know we watch horror movies we watch wrestling we're just good He's just—he's one of my—he's one of my best friends, you know. And, but he also pisses me off more <laughs> more than any anybody I know. <laughs> hey, well, he does have some strong opinions. Him and I have butted head more than a few occasions on, and this is something I'd like to get your opinion on. I don't know if you were involved. Oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. He doesn't have strong opinions. He has wrong opinions. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Steve Brown knows. Me and so him just, butt heads about everything. <laughs> okay, perfect. Perfect. Uh, just to give everybody some context, uh, we were on Schwa Wars, which uh, is kind of on hiatus right now uh, with, uh, fuck, my commentary partner, Adam, the cocksucker Hayes. Um, Whoa. Yeah, no, I, I hate it. Seasucker Hayes, huh? Yeah, Seasucker <laughs> Hayes, man. He's, he, I wait till you see me at the next show, the next New Frontier show. I got a sweet shirt. Sweet shirt made by Can't Curtis wait. Rich, a.k.a. Gumby. He hooked me up with the shirt. I'm going to wear it wait. all night all night it's gonna be amazing i don't want to give it away i don't want to give it away but um so jeff and i butted heads on the fact that i'm a big again i went to film school uh film history was kind of my minor major was film and television production so i watched a lot of movies over the course of the 24 months i was in film school studied them dissected them blew them up tore them down all that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. uh got to study some of my favorite directors john carpenter quentin tarantino Martin Scorsese, uh, you know, again, uh, paying homage to the late, great uh, Wes Craven, uh, Freddy Krueger, again, Nightmare on Elm Street, one of my all-time favorite series as well. Um, and I just really appreciated these movies even more because I was on the inside now and I was able to see exactly where their their minds were and the way they chose how to tell the stories. And yeah. then comes along Rob Zombie and he shits all over the entire franchise. Fucking ruined <laughs> it for me. In a lot of ways. And Jeff and I butted heads on that to the point where he 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 said that we should when we were talking about we were breaking down franchises in horror movies, he said, Oh, we have to include Rob Zombie in Halloween. I was I absolutely fucking not. Rob Zombie ruined everything to do. He made Michael Myers a giant uh piece of metal loving fucktardedness. It was not the Michael that I knew. 
Michael that I knew was sadistic and slow and methodical. That Michael was just angry, pissed off emo kid. So what's your thoughts? Like, uh, not to get into my rant again. Jeff and I have, we patched things up. We parted, we've agreed to disagree. What's your opinion? Should Rob Zombie's two films be included in the Halloween multiverse? Well, definitely is because, you know, it's like a, it's a reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really, really like the first one. Okay. Uh, you know, and I know what you're saying because he's like, actually, I listened to Jeff turned me on to this podcast. Uh, it's called Halloweenies. It was a podcast that was started. They were uh, following. Uh, they were talking about the Halloween movies leading up to Halloween 2018. Right. And then they ended up after that, they did like uh, Friday 13th nightmare scream. They just finished evil dead, but I've been re-listening to them and it, they kind of like said something like I always kind of knew, but I wasn't really thinking about that. The original Michael Myers is like you said, he's methodical. He, you know, he's stalking, he's playing games and Rob Zombies is just a beast and he just bludgeons people. Like you watch that old movie, he'll stab somebody. They're dead in the old ones in uh, Rob Zombies, multiple stabbing, multiple stab wounds, takes a guy's head, bashes it against a wall a bunch of times. Like uh, Joe Grizzly, when he beats him up in the, uh, the bathroom, just hammer it, you know, so that I'm not gonna say dislike. I think it's more of its time because the time those were made was like after Saw and things like that. More like uh, the torture they call it the torture porn type mm-hmm. horror. So on that note, they're different. So I look at them differently. Mm-hmm. But H two as they called it when it was coming out, the second Rob Zombie movie. Uh, when I first saw it, I liked it, but I was like, hmm, some stuff. And then upon watching it more, I don't like it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, it's really it's really hard. It's like it's literally vanilla and chocolate to bring up another triple H interview thing but you know like i just i love those movies and just give just give me any kind of michael myers you know and at that point this is coming off um resurrection mm-hmm. which totally destroy i like jeff would argue that resurrection's good because that's what jeff does jeff will take the movies or the wrestling writers named like vince russo and talk about how good they are but I think it's just part of him being a shithead, like be like, I'm going to like everything everybody else dislikes. Like everybody wants chocolate and vanilla. Jeff's like, oh, no, no, no. I got some sour, uh, some sardine flavored ice cream. That's really good. you know. <laughs> and, then, and then he would argue with you about how it's so much better than chocolate and vanilla. You know what I mean? But I just think it's of different times because even – the new Halloween movies, like the new trilogy, he's a little bit more brutal. And I think that's just coming off like, again, the times. But right. if, I, if I'm like 
man, I want to watch Halloween movies. I'm watching one to six. And then maybe I'll, I'll rewatch one. And then I'll watch like Halloween 2018 and then Halloween kills and then Halloween ends when it comes out. But like, I, I'll watch them separately. You know what I mean? Like, cause they're, they're their own, like, uh, it's funny cause it's totally a multiverse because original timeline, this is going, people have probably switched this off. <laughs> the original timeline is Halloween one, Halloween two. They're the same night. Mm-hmm. They tried to get away from it. Season of the Witch, which I will argue is a great horror movie, not a good Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. Halloween, I would agree. I would agree. You know, like if they did Halloween one and then Season of the Witch, I think people look would look back on it uh, more fondly because it's like, oh, okay, it's different. But when you went Halloween and Halloween two, both with Michael Myers, and then switched it up, that's why people were pissed. So. Halloween 1 and 2, then you got what is called the Thorn Trilogy, 4, 5, and 6. And I, I, I know a YouTuber that calls it the Pink Panther Trilogy because it's the return, the revenge, and the curse of Michael Myers. Just like the return of the Pink Panther, revenge, you know. Um, so I'll watch those. And then I'll be like, you know what? Now I want to watch Halloween 1 and 2. And then I'll watch H2O and I'll watch Resurrection. And then now with the new trilogy, I'll watch Halloween 1 and then pick it up. But sometimes I will put on the the Rob Zombie one, but I never get through the second one. I'm like, okay, on to the next. Okay, nope, can't watch it. So I get your point and I get Jeff's point. And it's like I said, Jeff's point is a little bit of I'm going to be against what everyone else likes. But at the same time, I saw both those movies with him and it was genuine. Like I, I really liked the first Rob Zombie one. So I get where he's coming from on that. But that second one, like the more we watch it, it just, I, I can't believe that a studio allowed that movie to get made. Like, <laughs> so yeah. So Michael Myers now is a hobo and uh, yeah. So, what for a year he just walked through the woods like he was only a few miles away from had a few like uh like the town and then there was an accident he got up you know what i mean so (laughs) come on what a piece of crap I, I honestly, I do agree with you on that. I do agree with you, but we'll switch back to wrestling. But there you go, Jeff. We've put it to bed now completely. I've gotten Steve Brown's opinion on it. I'm done. I'm done. I will agree to disagree. See, when I watch the Halloween's, just to wrap this up real quick, I go one to six for sure. Uh, actually, sometimes I'll go one, two, four, five, six, yeah. and I'll put Season of the Witch at the end just yeah. because I want it to feel different. Yeah. And then I will bring in H2O and then I will skip Rob Zombie completely. And then mm-hmm. I'll go to uh, Halloween, then, you know, Halloween kills. And then obviously the end when it comes out. But mm-hmm. um, uh, Rob Zombie is left out of my particular universe in all aspects. Uh, I love fair. his I love his original stuff. House of a Thousand Corpses and all that stuff. That yeah. stuff's great. Uh, give me more of that. Even, um, the, you know, the de- Three from Hell. I love Three from Hell. A lot of people thought it was a weak end to the trilogy, but I love Three from Hell. I really thought it was enjoyable. 
Uh, my favorite one, obviously, being Devil's Rejects. Just, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're going to go out in a blaze of glory, what a soundtrack to go out on. Yeah. Fuck, no. What a soundtrack. I only seen Devil's Rejects. Like the first time I ever watched it was maybe six years ago. I watched it once. I used to work at uh, Club 108, 107 in Mississauga. Mm-hmm. And for some reason on the rock nights, the DJ, there was like screens and would just play movies. And that was one movie. So I couldn't hear it, but I, I remember seeing it and then I watched it. But yeah, no, I, I, li- I like Devil's Rejects. It's, it's crazy. No, it's pretty fucking awesome. I mean, give me like stay in your original lane, like go do. But I, I feel like there's some movies that shouldn't be touched. And I guess we'll go off kilter again real quick. But there are some movies that the the original is the original. If you're going to yeah. remake a classic, you got to do it right. And I feel like the new trilogy yeah. for Halloween has done it right. They paid respects yeah. to the original because he's yeah. still even in the new ones. He's a little bit yes, he's more grimy, yeah. but he's also very very methodical still. Very yeah. slow paced, very calculated. And that's what I loved about Michael Myers. Yeah, Michael Myers didn't talk. Michael Myers didn't say much. But Michael Myers was one of those guys didn't talk but carried a big stick. And I always found that Michael Myers was very calculated. And every Man. movie make was pre-planned. I'm doing this, 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 and this. And I feel yeah. like they pay homage to that one so perfectly. And I just I think the big thing for me is I'm such a Loomis freak. I love Loomis. Yeah. And I feel like the casting – in the first one, uh, you know, King Koopa can't deal with you, buddy. Can't deal with you. Like, you were King Koopa in the awful Super Mario Brothers role. I can't I can't look at you and think, oh, look, it's Loomis. It's not Loomis. You're not Loomis. You're not. You can never be Donald Pleasance. I'm sorry. Are you, t- are you talking about Mal- Malcolm McDowell? Yeah. He was not King Koopa. Sorry, Dennis my apologies. Ho- Dennis Hopper's King Koopa. Dennis Hopper. I get, I'm what, sorry. I get what you're saying. No, it's a Tank tough, Girl. It's, he was the bad guy in Tank Girl, which tank came girl, out at the yeah. same time. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah. I got them wrong. Okay, I got them wrong. But no, 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 no. Hey, no. You know what? It's I didn't like his Loomis either. Thank you. Okay. So there you go. Now Jeff's I know Jeff's gonna comment on this. This will be the part where I see a comment from Jeff when I drop it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Fucked up, <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Jungle Boy got squashed it all out. Just saying. <laughs> so Ricochet Ricochet lost at uh at uh what was it? The when worlds collide too. So. Oh yeah. No, he got yeah, he got yeah. It's not pretty. That's why, you know, <laughs> I, to go back to wrestling, I mean, like 20 years in the business in in terms of being a booker, but also being a talent. What do you like more? I mean, there's the stress of the booker where there's oh. just being the performer. I mean, obviously, you just want to be the performer, go out and, and and wrestle. But when you're booking, is there's obviously a lot more pressure, right? Yeah. Uh, and the way I am, I take too, I take too much on. Like I go to these promotions, these other promotions I work for, and there's so many people helping, and they have roles and stuff. And I'm not saying people don't help me, but the important things, it's all me. So it's very hard on like a show to be like, yeah, maybe I'll work this guy. But, oh, uh, I got to be at the front door. Oh, uh, I got to run around and do this and that, you know? So I have I have stated that to a couple people, if there's a few 
guys that I do trust that I said, if they're interested, I'm going to kind of take them on and give them more of a role so I can wrestle more because it's like, it's, I'm sure it's gotta be crazy for fans. Like there's fans that come to NSW that go to every other show. They see me, you know, on super kick wrestling fans at CWF. I'm wrestling, you know, like GCW I'm wrestling. It's, and then they come to NSW and I'm just sitting there at the front door, you know, it's just like, I got to let, uh, my guard down and, uh, just trust that people, you know, like, oh, and on show days, I get so like frustrated because like, I'll be like, have something in my mind and like for like we're setting up and I'm like, yeah, guys, can you just do this, this, this? Then it looks like shit. And I'm just like, just going to do it myself then, you know, I got to do less of that and more, you know, just, okay, this, this is your job. This is your job. This is your job. I'm wrestling today. I'm going to be downstairs. And uh, if you need me, come and get me. If not, you know, like I also find like when I have like an idea for a storyline or in a match, I, I need to be downstairs so I can really relay what it is. I want to see because sometimes it's like, it was all right, but it's not quite what I wanted. And maybe if I, you know, was more hands-on with it before. So it's very frustrating to answer your question. But the funny thing is I love doing both. Like I I own NSW and I I book NSW. But I don't know a lot of people know, but I also book for great Canadian wrestling. And sometimes those shows fall like like right now, like this this Saturday. Uh, Ajax at the Ajax Downs. There's a GCW show. Next Friday, six days after, is NSW. So I'm like focusing my attention on both. And it's just sometimes it's like, uh, not saying I don't want to do it because I, I love it. I love being creative. It just, uh, I got to just learn to be like, hey, I'm going to work on this. Now I'm going to work on this. All right, good. But at GCW, I wrestle. Because it's not all me. I just, you know, say, hey, this is what we're doing. You know, um, the, the owner of the company, he's there. And he comes to me with stuff and I help and, and stuff like that. But it's less pressure. Mm. And it's not all on me. So I think maybe I enjoy my time there a little bit more. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going with this. Just it's It's stressful, but at the same time, it's like, I couldn't imagine not doing it, you know, mm-hmm. like I've been wrestling for 20 years in November. It's 19 years that I've been promoting. So it's like, they've always been like hand in hand and they've gone together. So it's not, there's never really been a time when I'm just like, Oh, I remember that period where I just wrestled or I remember that time I just, you know, so I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with this long-winded answer. Oh, it's all good. Well, yeah, one, promotion, one promotion you left off the plate, which is New Frontier Pro, which is a great yes. upstart promotion. Uh, and you are currently, right now as it stands, you and one other person on the roster are undefeated. That's you and Tarek. Undefeated. 
right now. You've both gone four and We had our we would have had our fifth show a couple weeks ago, but unfortunately there was emergency circumstances uh, in yeah. uh, one of in in a family in a, a member of the roster's family member. So the matchmaker chose. If we couldn't have him at the show, we're going to put the whole thing on the show. Now, yeah, yeah. we're all in the same group with the matchmaker. Again, we don't know who this fucking guy or girl is. We have no idea. Yeah. Steve, looking at your experiences thus far with the matchmaker, could you throw out a guess as to who this person may be? Um, I'll be honest, no. No. And that's because... I haven't really thought about it because things are kind of going my way. And that's what, like when you're a wrestler, you know, as long as you're, you know, I'm, I'm winning. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm, I start to wonder about who the matchmaker is. You know, when I see people that haven't won any matches getting championship shots, Mm -hmm. which I brought up in a promo, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm four and no, but, two of those matches have been VIP matches. They weren't on fight network. That makes me wonder who the matchmaker is. Cause I'm like, Hey, give me some love on fight network. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know. I think they haven't really done anything too stupid yet to make me really think about it. But now I am thinking about it. I wonder who it could be. It's like this whole anonymous thing. Like, maybe it's for the annoying, best. right? I mean, the money just maybe. shows up in your account day before yeah. show, yeah. and you're just supposed to, you're told to show up at this time. That's it. Hey, <laughs> that's not bad, right? Like, no, no, you're right. It's not. You bad. know, you're going to show. You're going to get paid. Uh, it's just, you know, I think when, you know, what's the saying? Um, high tide raises all ships, right? So, like, while stuff's going good, no one's really going to think about it. Now, somebody that, you know, has been getting their ass kicked on the first four shows or not getting opportunities, they might be trying to figure out who it is so they could start messaging them. So it's kind of ingenious because I'll tell you, and see, wrestlers are going to hear this and be like, oh, shit, I should never message Steve. But I hate when you get those messages as a promoter or as a booker. And what I hate is it's like people that want to get booked. They never go to your show. They've never been to your show. They don't know what it's all about. Like I'm very old school and you can ask anyone if you come and you help out and I see you and you're helping, you're going to get a match eventually. And you might even earn a spot. But if you never show up and I go and I look and you're not following it on um, uh, on socials or anything like that, you're going to the bottom of my list. Like, don't just message me because you're a wrestler and you want to do every show. It's not going to fly. Show that there's some interest and you're not just looking – for a payday. And if that's what you're looking for, you're coming to the wrong guy. <laughs> so I, I got to ask this because uh, as we all know, Tarek is a talent and uh, he's four and like yourself. You're also a talent and he has that mouthpiece 
that piece of garbage, that piece of trash who I say every show just hitched his wagon on to this hybrid athlete of all hybrid athletes. Now, uh, you being undefeated, Tarek being undefeated, collision course at some point, will you answer the Mark Assbuster challenge? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. Uh, I don't want to be considered a Mark ass buster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure even though it's an open challenge, I'm sure Hayes has some sort of, uh, what do you, would you call it? Like, uh, under the desk make, ability he, with the match. Yeah. He's like, he's like making sure like it isn't like someone too dangerous answering that. You know what I mean? Hmm. I like that. So he's paper so, champing up Tarek, eh? Huh. Well, I wouldn't say that because Tarek's awesome. No, Tarek can kick everyone's ass. Everyone. You know, and well, most people. I, well, that's true. Most people. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think just Hayes, like you said, he hitched his uh, wagon to like the thoroughbred. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he's 4-0. But if that turns around and, you know, in a few months he's 4 and 4 or, Four and five, four and six. Hmm. Maybe uh, Hayes isn't there anymore. I'm you know hoping I mean? so. I'm hoping so. <laughs> I'd love to see Hayes get smacked. I'd love to see Hayes get punched, kicked, and chopped by Tarek. I would love that shit. I would love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. It's not going to happen, though. Not going to happen. Final yeah, couple no. questions, and I'll let you go enjoy your evening. In terms of uh, your career thus far, again, 20 years. Congratulations on that. It's an amazing uh, accomplishment in this crazy world that we're involved in. Looking back at all the opponents you've had and all the matches that you've had, all the gold you've had, all the gold you've lost, and all that kind of stuff, all wrapped into one bundle. If you could look back at everything and pick one match in your career and say that, that right there is the best version of Steve Brown or that opponent brings out the best in the Bone Crusher when they're in the ring together. Either give me an opponent or give me a particular match if you can narrow it down. Uh four i have four opponents okay that have always when i wrestle them it's always brought up the best del bruno o'shea all ego mr ethan page and lionel knight uh anytime i've wrestled them it's i know it's gonna be awesome because they're my friends so it's gonna be fun but at the same time like they all care and they want to have a great match and they're going to do whatever they can to have a great match. Um, but one match that stands out, which I think is the best of myself would be, uh, me versus Ricky Shane page from alpha one. Uh, it was on my birthday. I wrestled him for the alpha male and the CZW world title. Uh, that was probably like, like, you know, in like WCW, there was a point when Ric Flair said how he lost all his confidence and he just kind of was going through the motions. I think I was kind of at that point and that match brought, uh, like the fire back, if I can. And after that, I had I had like a 
a really great stretch after that where the confidence was there and, you know, uh, it, la- it lasted for a bit. And then it went away again. And I'd say only recently, maybe the last four or five months, I've really, confidence is growing again. And I'm like getting into the, uh, the groove but uh, that match is by far uh, probably one of the best. And it's on YouTube, Alpha Alpha One Wrestling. You go on their YouTube channel, type it in. It's there. I'm very proud of it. Uh, but, yeah, it was good. It was like two big guys, and we just we killed it. And that was on a crazy show that had, like, Josh and Kobe in an Iron Man match. And, like, to be remembered with that match – really says something about how great it was, you know? Absolutely. Well, you know, you say the confidence came back. That's weird. For the last four to five months, I've been in your life more personably in the last four to five months. I feel, I feel like it's me. I feel like hey, it's me. look at that. Thanks, man. It's because every time you come <laughs> out at, at fucking New Frontier, I'm right there. And I'm like, I am. I'm there. I love it. Bone Crusher. You come out to Bone Crusher. It's amazing. All right. My final question that we're going to play a real quick game. Um, You've been on, again, the promoting side and the talent side. Uh, I'm sure you've been recently uh, hearing, everyone in the wrestling world is hearing about the post-media scrum from CM Punk and all that kind of stuff. And I have to ask your opinion because, like I said, you're an aficionado in this business. You've been around. You've seen a lot. You've dealt with a lot of personalities. If you're a booker or an owner of NSW and your champion comes out there and shits over your pretty much all the big players in your entire roster – would you not strip the title of him right then and there and send him packing to say, I'm not going to have you representing the NSW? Mm. Or do you ride this wave? Or do you believe, like some people believe, this is a giant work that's just going to pay off in the match that we all want to see, which is like CM Punk and the Young Bucks or, and Kenny Omega in this like implosion type match. I don't know how they would work it off the top of my head. Do you think this will work? Would you strip the title from him? Or would you sit there and be like Tony Khan and be like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with everything uh, you're saying, but I don't. But I'm scared. See, I don't. You can see in his eyes that he does not agree. Because mm-hmm. even when he first brings up the name Scott Colton, he like looks like side eyed and he's just like, you know, like oh boy. But um, it has crossed my mind that this might be a work because that's all you've heard about. Mm-hmm. WWE did a huge show. On the weekend. And nobody's talking about that. Everybody's talking about this. Now, uh, there are some things CM Punk said that I do agree with. Uh, I do believe, first of all, right off the bat, I love AEW. It's I make sure I watch AEW. Yeah. I enjoy it because it reminds me of the best of WCW. And the best of ECW, like, rolled into one, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, there is some times where I feel people aren't being serious enough. And I, I'm a jokey guy, and, you know, I, I've had my moments where I like to make everyone laugh and stuff. But when you need to be serious, and it's a serious moment, it's got to be serious. And there's something Punk said. He said he's he's hurt. He's old. He's hurt, and he works with a bunch of children. 
And so many times on shows, I feel like that. And, you know, it's like, he shouldn't have said EVPs. He shouldn't have, he should have said some people. He shouldn't have called them out like that. But at the same time, if they're letting stories get out, they're not really caring about the promotion. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I always found it funny in AEW, there's like the dynamite and the rampage. And then there's being the elite, which kind of like breaks that fourth wall and everything. It's like, I don't think once, I think once dynamite started being the elite should have stopped, mm-hmm. you know? And there's gotta be something because there, there is four EVPs and now there's three. So, you know, that old saying, if there's smoke, there's usually fire, right? Mm-hmm. There's probably something that uh, we're not all knowing about. Now, I think Punk handled it wrong, and I love Hangman Adam Page. And I didn't even realize when he cut that promo that he was, like, going into business for himself when they did that promo uh, before, uh, what was it, Double or Nothing? Mm-hmm. That apparently is the whole reason for this. And it's like with Punk, it's like, why wait so long to say something? Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Remains to be seen. Uh, we'll see what happens tonight, right? Absolutely. As we are pre recording this, uh, the week after, well, a couple days after All Out on a Wednesday, it's Dynamite Day. And uh, I think that's a great way to end it. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for your insight. And now the game. Are you ready for the game? It's really simple. Sure. It's sure. called Forced Mount Rushmore. I okay. pick five wrestlers at random, okay. and you have to put them in order of one to five, but one being the least likely on that Mount Rushmore for you, and five being the best one out of the five that I've given you on that Mount Rushmore. And that's why okay. it's forced, because you don't get to pick them, I do. Yeah, 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 cool. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, well, since we're, we just finished talking about him, CM Punk, that's one of the names. Okay. Second, because you quoted him a couple times, he's also my one of my all-time favorites, Nesta Sting, that's Triple H. Okay. Uh, third one, because we're both Canadian boys, we love wrestling. The man right behind me, Brett the Hitman Hart. That's number three. Number four, the Phenom, the Undertaker. All right, just because I just saw the toy out of my eye right there. And, you know, all right. And just because he's one of my favorite big men, and you're also one of my favorite big men, I'm going to give it to Fred Ottman, a.k.a. Tugboat. So out of those five, how would you rank them? One being the le- your least favorite on that list and five being the best on that list. <laughs> uh, oh, I really, I really want to say Bret Hart first. I'm going to say Tugboat. Okay. Uh, you know, Shockmaster. Just not because I didn't like him, but, you know, he didn't have, he really didn't have that long of a run. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> but, you know, the other four world champions and stuff. So on that, I'm going to say him. Okay. Number two is definitely Bret Hart. Okay. I'm the worst Canadian ever. I'm probably the worst Calgarian ever. In 1994, before <laughs> WrestleMania 10, I wanted Lex Luger to come out of WrestleMania world champion. I did not want Bret Hart. Uh, recently at a cross body show, I uh, stirred things up a little bit in the locker room while I was saying that Bret Hart's the most overrated 
of all time. And I named off 10 better Canadian wrestlers than Bret Hart. And, uh, yeah. So he's number two. Uh, I'm going to put Triple H number three. And that's not because I don't think he's good. He, he was great. But there was a period, like three or four years, man, where he didn't do nobody in the company any favors. And he destroyed, like, case in point right here. Elimination Chamber, he's the world champion, okay? Mm-hmm. In that match, there was one other heel. It was Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Then you had RVD, Booker T, Kane, Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. So that's four top baby faces, viable contenders. Before, right before that match, he beat Kane, unified the IC title. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. He beats Kane. He beats RVD. He wins the title back from Sean. He destroys Booker T at WrestleMania 18. I don't mean like in the match he destroyed him. Like he any heat Booker T had, he was at his peak going into that. He put the extinguisher out on it. And RVD, like RVD, I think it's one of the biggest uh, missed opportunities in WWE. They never pulled the trigger when he was hot enough. Like even when he got the belt after, it was like too late. You know what I mean? Like it, it felt too late. So he dismantled all those baby faces. And it took them to bring in Goldberg. And then he dismantled Goldberg. He dismantled Nash. Like he he there was no viable contenders until Benoit. You know? So for that reason, I'm going to say three because he did a lot of damage. Uh, and then Undertaker, no. CM Punk, just because I like CM Punk a lot. Um, I, I used to love him in ROH. Love them in WWE. I like him now. Even the scrum, this media scrum, because I'm, I'm very, like, weary if this is a work or not, you know? Uh, but just for my list, I say Punk and then Undertaker because... He's the best. He, like, came in at the top, stayed on top the whole time. How many guys can say that? Came in a year later, beat Hogan for the title. That's insane. One of the few guys to beat Hulk Hogan for a world championship twice. So, you're right. You're right. I like it. Yeah. I think I gave you an easy force mount rush bar. It should have been harder. I think you did, yeah. I, it's because I'm a I'm a little bit timid. I'm afraid of you, Steve. Were you were you when I said the Brett thing though, were you kind of like, oh, what the hell is wrong with this guy? I, you know what? I was, but at the same time, I, I appreciate Bret Hart, but I am an Owen Hart guy. Owen Hart was always my favorite member of the Hart family. I, I think Owen is the best Hart. I would agree. I think he's I think he's better than Brett. I think if he never passed. We still didn't – I don't think he truly hit his peak. Yeah, I think you're right. So, so Media 10 is one of my favorite matches of all time. Also, you know, Owen got the W. So you got to give him that. Owen got the W. He did. He did. He did. He got a clean, too. He got a clean yeah. – Yep, he did. He got a clean W. I like it. Steve Brown, Bone Crusher. Tell everyone on the wonderful world of social media where they can follow you and everything NSW and everything that you want them to follow. I mean, you know, even Sunset Crypt as well. 
Sunset Crypt, uh, I, I have to admit, uh, after everything happened with Kurt, I haven't contributed that much. And I thought maybe it was going to be tucked away. Uh, but Jeff has kind of resurrected it. So I have a couple articles that I want to get up there. That's sunsetcrypt.com. There you can find links to NSW and to my podcast, When Geeks Collide, a YouTube channel, just all things nerdy. Uh, NSW, New School Wrestling on all the socials, or NSW's back, you'll find us. We're on YouTube, youtube.com slash New School Wrestling. Uh, we got a show. When When's this going to air? It's going to air uh, two Thursdays from now. Three Thursdays from now, so end of September. Okay, well, we had a show September 16th, and hopefully it was really good. But October 29th, there you Hamilton, go. with Pro Wrestling Ontario. It's uh, Once Upon a Time in Hamilton, part two, uh, at the at the Germania Club. It's going to be great. The last one was awesome. It was a lot of fun. I like working with them. I, I'm friends with them. I like them. And I like working with New Frontier. I like, I just want wrestling to better, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you please check out Great Canadian Wrestling. Shows happening constantly. October 15th in Hamilton, also at the Germania Club. So check that out. And uh, October 1st in Oshawa and October 2nd in Peterborough. Check those out. Shows have been great. Uh, the Peterborough venue is called the venue. It's an amazing venue to hold wrestling. It's three levels. It's awesome. Uh, so yeah, check out gcwe.ca. And, uh, yeah, for me, just Instagram, renowned crusher, Twitter, uh, wait, Instagram, renowned crusher. Is it? I don't know. Just type in bone crusher Steve Brown. I pop up. <laughs> Type in Bone Crusher's new brand. I, I pop yeah. up. You'll see me there. You'll see me there. Yeah. Renown Crusher. Yeah. I think so. Here, let me hold on. Let me just go on Instagram. <laughs> Jesus. Let me go on Instagram and find you. My God. Here we go. Here. Yeah, you're right. Renowned Crusher. Yeah. So I don't know what Twitter is. Renowned Brown. Twitter's Renowned Brown. <laughs> Twitter's renowned Brown. Instagram's renowned Crusher. There you go. There you go. And don't don't look him up on on Facebook and don't DM him on Facebook. Okay. If you don't follow NSW, don't fucking do it. <laughs> don't fucking do it. All right, That's Steve, my I'm dude, saying. my dude, my brother. I appreciate the time, man. Uh, yeah, thank man. you so much for being on the show. Peace, love, Thanks and wrestling, guys. <laughs> no, I, it's my honor, Later. dude. It's my honor. Peace, love, and wrestling. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Later. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace, not in my lead. You out of place, I'm not at the top, I'm outer space. And he with us, we're out of place, I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great. You're not my fan, you can't relate. Straight talk going state to state.